coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Which handsome boy with a sword is the most handsome? And why is it Mario? It's dangerous to go alone. So the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, you know how we've been talking about those, uh, the Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals that are being broadcast, like, every Friday on YouTube? I demand an update every time we record. Okay, all right. There's something that happens before we start rolling. I'm like, now, Mark, don't forget to talk about Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> well... Uh, I bring both good news and bad news. The bad news okay, yes. is that mm-hmm. um, Andrew, Sir Andy has exhausted his supply of film musicals, and we are not yes. getting any more from him. The good He's explicitly news, stated this now. He has explicitly stated this. Yeah. Got we it. got Cats as the you know like grand finale, which makes a ton of sense to me. And then right. now um, they are just going to be broadcasting like other musicals like this week is do you remember when NBC I think it was NBC did um the sound of music live oh you bet I do yeah so that's what they're showing so like are we hitting the bottom of the barrel I dread but also look forward to what ne- next week brings which I'm sure we'll talk about on the show uh, well yes uh, again I demand it <laughs> I demand that we talk about it every week um but it's it's weird because it doesn't even really feel like scraping the bottom of the barrel it feels like giving up on exploring the bottom of the barrel (laughs) and being like let's just go with what's on the shelf what's ready right now you know like yeah because it's walking into a sandwich store and being like what's ready right now (laughs) like you can make a sandwich with whatever you want on it it's like or we've got tuna in the refrigerator and it's like okay i'll have a tuna sandwich (laughs) well and even it might be like well let us like just look in the back because we have a lot of great stuff back here that we just maybe haven't like really gotten out yet yeah and everybody's like Uh no 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 no. let's just do that like version of you know sound of music that nbc filmed right yeah Right, because what, that was four years ago? We can be nostalgic for it now. <laughs> and look, am I angry that we're not getting Starlight Express? Because do I 100%. know for, even though I haven't seen it with my own eyes, I know in my heart that there is a filmed version of that that Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> is just sitting on and depriving us of. Yeah, I know that to be true. And is it maybe the German version that still like plays in Hamburg or Berlin or whatever it is? Like, yeah, it might be, but give us subtitles. We're not animals. Now, Mark, I'm not going to make any promises about what NCS is going to do, but we have it within our ability to learn how to roller skate. <laughs> learn all the songs from Starlight Express and stage our own production. Uh, what do you say? Quarantine NCS Starlight Express? I, I am not opposed. <laughs> I already know most of the uh, speaking, songs. Speaking of things that Mark is not opposed to, my copy of Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow it someday? The program wherein you can borrow it is currently in a bit of a hiatus because I don't want to go to the post office. Someday I will want to go to the post office. I will yearn to go to the post office. It will fulfill my every wish to just visit the post office. And I will send you my copy. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and give us a mailing address. I will send it to you. You can play it for as long as you want. Again, a little bit of a reminder of the game is currently on sale for $9.99 on the eShop if you just wanted to buy it. But if you don't want to buy it and you just want to borrow it from me, I understand. Mark, are you ready to get into our big topic for the day? Yeah, let's do it. Who is the ultimate Nintendo RPG hero? This is the topic we've landed on for today because, of course, there is a 
brand new Paper Mario game coming out in two months. And I was going to say later this month. Well, yeah, true. in two months, but later this month, next week, is Xenoblade uh, Chronicles. That's right. How dare I? How dare I forget? <laughs> I even uh, previously uh, confessed to being excited about it. So, uh, Yeah, and you know, Nintendo's got a... Uh, I, I don't think of Nintendo as an RPG company, right? Like, uh, for, for the most part, I'm like, that's, that's, the, that's the Square Enix gig. Um, and some of the games that we're going to talk about today are, in fact, Square Enix games as well. Um, but, like, uh, it's amazing how many big and successful RPG series Nintendo has. Um, Mark, what, what is your, uh, like, experience with Nintendo RPGs, just, like, generally speaking? Or yeah. what do you expect of them? Right, yeah. Um, it's true that, like, Nintendo has some big, like, RPG franchises that, like, loom large in the psyche, like, you know, something like the Mother series or Earthbound. Yeah. Um, even though Earthbound is the only one of those that ever made it uh, to the States in its, like, original, like, release window. Um, yeah. But, yeah, to me, like, when I th- immediately think of RP- Nintendo RPGs, it is the Paper Mario series for me. Um, yeah. Like, I loved the first two games in that series. And, uh, you know, like, it encapsulates everything that I like about um, Nintendo and about RPGs. But really, like, it, the list is crazy. Like, Pokemon, um, you know, Fire Emblem now is a huge part yeah. of, like, the, the Nintendo ecosystem. How about you? Um, Yeah, so it's... uh. I always, I always, always, always want to be more into um, the Mario and Luigi series than I actually am. Um, Super Mario RPG, well, I acknowledge it as being one of the most like simplified JRPGs out there. Um, is has long been one of my favorites. Um, and uh, you know, Fire Emblem is uh, a series that I've been playing since Awakening, which is basically just like the <laughs> the North American answer to <laughs> like that that that's the entry point to the series for um, you know ninety percent of its audience right now. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the uh, Paper Mario is is one in particular that I feel like I don't have. Um, I'm not super close to. Uh, I never played Thousand Year Door, um, and I only played the original Paper Mario for the Nintendo 64 when it was on the Wii Virtual Console um, while I was living in Hawaii, um, which is probably the most depressed I've ever been. It was living in Hawaii, <laughs> uh, and I played a lot of games on my Wii and a lot of retro games on my Wii. Um, Cause look, uh, nothing will reveal your own sadness like going to the beach and being bored, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I played all the way through the game then and loved it, and it was very, um, it didn't feel like an old game uh, when I played it in you know whatever year that would have been like two thousand six or whatever. Um, so uh, yeah, I I have a lot of I have like a bottomless well of hope for every Super Mario game or Super uh, Paper Mario game, and uh, have not really had that fulfilled uh, since the original. Um, we, we've got some questions uh, from listeners uh, about uh, our relationship to uh, Paper Mario. Uh, here's a, an email from Isla, who writes, uh, Hey guys, thanks for working so hard to bring, uh, bring the listeners such warmth and laughter during these surreal times. It, I was completely surprised by the new Paper Mario announcement and 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 am considering replaying a game from the franchise to get even more pumped before the release. Do you have a favorite game in the series? I think I have to give it to Thousand Year Door uh, for the GameCube. They did such a great job of keeping the charm and humor of the original while showing us completely new ideas that we haven't seen before or since. A train murder mystery, a toad ghost that will give you a game over if you read his diary, a tough-talking baby Yoshi with a mohawk, more please. Um. Yeah, Mark, do you have a favorite game in the series? Yeah, I completely agree that it's a Thousand Year Door. Um, I have a lot of, like, a ton of fond memories of the original Paper, Paper Mario. Um, I remember, you know, like, getting it for the N64 and playing it with my little sister. And it was just so unexpected. Um, this, like, idea of, you know, like, 
the the whole aesthetic and the humor and everything like it really blew mm-hmm. us away um but thousand year door just like isla said like takes the mechanics and just kind of like blows out the world a little bit i don't really remember it's probably been 10 years since i last replayed thousand year door and i don't really remember the story like the overarching story that well but there are like um set pieces and characters that like stick so firmly in my mind for just being like so much fun and i feel like for me that's like again like i said last uh on tuesday's episode i haven't played the 3ds paper mario i haven't played uh, color splash for the wii u but that's what was missing for super paper mario for me like i it didn't stick in my mind the same way yeah to, uh, and that and that totally like tracks with my perception of them now i feel like i wish i wish there was a way for me to play thousand year door but like there for real isn't right like unless i had an original wii and a and the disc for it yeah, which is a bummer because it's such a yeah, it's it's such a good game. We also got an email from Connor. Connor writes, "Wow, I did not expect the Origami uh, trailer to drop whatsoever. I'm so excited, surprised, and cautiously optimistic. I'm hopeful the battle system is engaging and fun, and the and that the game will uh, most likely be a return to what made Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door so great. I feel like this is hands down the biggest news we've gotten since E3 last year. I'm more than hopeful that this all but confirms the legitimacy of the rumors of the 3D Super Mario remaster." and whatnot um connor also goes on to say that uh his internet is back and working again so if you want to join him for his uh streams of ocarina of time and majora's mask you should go over to twitch.tv slash connor z is cool 69 uh that again that is twitch.tv and connor i'm going to say it again so everyone has to hear it connor z is cool 69 um uh yeah so this it, first of all, it, this is very exciting, and it does seem like it's the biggest news since E3 uh, last year. I can't really think of anything else uh, except for possibly the news of. I think I feel like Xenoblade's going to be big, uh, in, in a way that we're not quite ready for yet. Yeah, I have. Uh, it's really hard for me to gauge. I. It's just like, how do you beat a Mario game? Like it's it's going yeah, to be a juggernaut a in a way that like you know I'm it, it'd be great if it's like Xenoblade Chronicles two level successful you know what I mean where it sells incredibly well with the caveat of like for a Xenoblade game um, yeah but I I think I, mean, you're, I think you're right that it is a hundred percent poised Xenoblade Chronicles is a hundred percent poised to be successful in a way that that series has not before because it's like a really well regarded entry in the series. Um, and like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 sold well, so there's no reason that this one can't like perform even better. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to be the, the sort of like reverse of most, um, like video game things where like the first game in a series, a bunch of people play. And by the time the second one rolls around, there's enough like word of mouth or goodwill that like everyone is buying into it. And I feel like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is in a lot of ways, people's entry point for the series um and that is going to cause a lot of word of mouth and then a lot of people will start with now the remaster of the first one and possibly even move into the sequel at some point um which is just a cool little like reversal of <laughs> yeah. a, a, a thing that happens all the time um all right mark w- context out of the way we, uh, we are talking about heroes from these games uh all of the um nintendo rpgs have a ton of characters in them uh and what we've decided we're going to do today is we're going to select one character from each series to represent that series um and some of these uh i think there are obvious answers and there are some where i I think uh we really need to like debate it out and uh you know really land on something that we both agree on um, should we start with Paper Mario or should we end with Paper Mario? What do you think? Well, I, th- uh, let we can start with Paper Mario, but I think that before we do, we should two things. One, like, yes, uh, name the games that we're counting in this, um, yes, as as like Nintendo RPGs, and two, before we do that, we have to, um, explain to people that. 
probably at this point years ago, we did an episode where we determined the best uh, Nintendo RPG of all time. And I can tell oh, yeah. you, I can tell you right now that if you revisit that episode, these lists are not going to match up. Uh, things <laughs> no, that's that right. In, things that in that episode we determined were RPGs uh, do not make this list. Right. Uh, I mean, for the most part, w- these RPGs are all turn-based. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so the the we're kind of exploring the classic like JRPG, um, very um, sort of like to the letter RPG. I believe we declared. Breath of the Wild. Are. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, Patrick. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I'm afraid I had to, and I think uh, I think Star Tropics was on the list. Like we went, we went nuts. But okay, so uh, sh- should we run down all the series first? Yeah, Is that think, what, what you yeah, think I think sense? so. Let's give a yeah, just an overview. Okay, so the series that we are going to be discussing today are Paper Mario, Mario and Luigi. Super Mario RPG, which I is a franchise, but is only one game. Uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Earthbound slash the Mother series, Fire Emblem, Golden Sun, Advance Wars, and Xenoblade Chronicles. Mark, where would you like to begin? Um, I know I said we could start with Paper Mario, but what if we go in reverse order and we start with Xenoblade? Uh, I th- I think that is uh, that's great. I think that's a great idea. So the games in the mix here are the original Xenoblade Chronicles, which of course has been remade for the 3DS, and there is a remake coming out uh, for the Switch. Next week, um, Xenoblade Chronicles X, which unfortunately has to be a little bit disqualified here because it is a, a game that features like a user-generated avatar to like run around the world. Um, so toss it out, forget it exists. Exactly, we're not we're not going to be like the time person of the year when they declare no. us. <laughs> you get out of here! What a joke that turned out to be. <laughs> um. Next up is, of course, Xenoblade Chron. Did I say who the or who the protagonist of Xenoblade Chronicles One is? Did we say that already, or I, am I just going through the games right now? I, I'm, I'm, uh, oh, 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 we did not say it, as far as I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, let's just we'll just go through the games, I guess. Sure. Look, hey, we're figuring it out <laughs> as we go. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is is the next one and then of course Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 2 Torna the Golden Country uh, we're treating as a, a separate entry here so from these four games we are drawing three protagonists one being Shulk um, who has gained some notoriety as also he is a Smash Brothers character Rex from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Laura from Torna the Golden Country so you've played a little bit of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, right? I sure have. Um, so I've, I haven't played any of any of these games. So the character I'm most familiar with is Shulk from yeah. uh, Super Smash Brothers. I mean, I feel like this one has almost got to be Shulk by default um, because he has uh, presence in Smash Brothers and because... Xenoblade Chronicles, we are coming up on its second remake in 10 years, um, which means it is obviously like held in, you know, a, a special special regard among the series. And obviously they're not going to re-release Torn of the Golden Country a year after it, it came out. Uh, but it is still like Shulk feels like the uh, like quint- when you picture Xenoblade Chronicles, you picture Shulk. Yeah, I like his like um his sword. It reminds me of uh from like the Tron movies, the aesthetic of like the Tron like mm. disc. If they ever make a yeah, third totally. Tron movie and they introduce swords, which you know they will, then the, I think it would look like Shulk's sword. I do have to say though, in general, if we're going by purely aesthetics, I think yeah. L- Laura is probably the coolest looking one. And Rex is way down at the bottom. Um, Rex from like the waist up, you're like, yeah, okay. Like there's a lot of, you know, like stuff going on, but that's fine. But then from the waist down, the proportions are like all off. The thing that bothers me the most about Rex 
is the shorts with the boots with like the bell tops. <laughs> I don't I don't understand his pants situation. H- have you ever played um like that party game like Exquisite Corpse where you uh, fold a paper into three <laughs> yes. parts and you draw like somebody draws a head then you pass the paper mm-hmm. somebody draws a body that is what rex looks like he looks like some like three different people they were connecting the like body so it all flowed right. together right. but then they did their own thing um i think that's probably what happened when they designed <laughs> rex so um i i also i like the note about um about Shulk's sword because that to me feels like a very RPG thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that like you know, well, one of, like the the title screen graphic for uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is just that sword stuck like you know in a stone or like in the earth, and that feels like a very master sword kind of thing. It feels like a very um, like you know cloud with his giant sword that takes up like his entire back. Um, like it just it, it, Shulk has that sort of like icon status um he shares it with the sword but like together they totally achieve it i also like that shulk is kind of dressed for winter a little bit like uh he looks to be wearing like a sweater with a coat over it maybe a hood's going on it's just like different. it's just a different versus like Mm -hmm. the tank top and like itty bitty shorts that uh rpg heroes are usually wearing and look, any any hero puts on a hoodie, and they it's a shortcut to Mark's heart, right? <laughs> I find it relatable. There's a part of me in Shulk. <laughs> uh, you feel like Shulk is role playing you. <laughs> um, okay, so I think I think we are in agreement. Uh, representing the uh, Xenoblade Chronicles franchise is going to be Shulk. Also, a uh, special shout out to Shirtless Shulk from uh smash brothers is a version of shulk where he's not wearing a shirt that's not bad <laughs> next up mark what series we got we're talking about advance wars another intelligent systems franchise that has sadly kind of fallen by the wayside um i don't think we've had an entry since like the ds Wii era yeah so this is one that sort of has the like dual curse of uh coming late to North America and then um like disappearing forever. Um you know, it's uh, a a little bit like um like Fire Emblem when we get there there's like a whole chunk of the series that we never got localized over here. Um but, you know, as recently as last year or two yeah, just last year. Um we got Fire Emblem Three Houses which was a huge deal. Um but Advance Wars, we haven't really seen anything since the 3DS or since the DS. Yeah, a long time. It's yeah, been a since while. the DS. Um, um, yeah. And this, uh, what what is the name of like the indie game that is tri- that kind of like is it Tiny Metal War Groove War Groove? Uh, Tiny Metal also sort of does it. But yeah, like there was like trying to fill this niche. It's um like a t- uh tactical like strategy RPG um yeah type thing again very very similar to fire emblem in in that regard but where it sort of separates itself is that it is uh fire emblem is very like individual character individual unit based um whereas advance wars um your units are sort of meant to be disposable um you know if if you if you win at all in an advance wars uh match uh, it's considered a success, right? You lose half your units, but you win, you reach the objective. Great. If you do that in Fire Emblem, you've lost half your characters. They're gone forever. <laughs> and they had names, sometimes kids. <laughs> like, uh, Advance Wars is a much, uh, I don't want to say that it's like harder necessarily, but it demands you to lose more every time you, you, you play a, a match or a, a, a level. Um, which I think makes their uh, characters a little, I don't want to say like more generic necessarily, um, because there are a lot of generic Fire Emblem characters for sure. Um, but like it changes like the sort of like tenor of um, character that you get in Advance Wars. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. So, um, you know, there's a number of entries in the Advance Wars series that we didn't get localized. And so, like, we're Japan only. But the ones that we did get here, um, Advance Wars, Advance Wars 2, Black Hole Rising, 
um, also my favorite Muse album, um, Advance Wars Dual Strike, and Advance Wars Days of Ruin. Um, the latter, which is my favorite Muse album. <laughs> um, you know, I I think it's what's interesting when you have these characters laid out here. So. You know, we have um, Andy from Advance Wars and Advance Wars 2, um, Jake from Advance Wars Dual Strike, which is the DS version, and then uh, Will from Advance Wars Days of Ruin. And um, I, I don't know if this has anything to do with, like, the series' demise necessarily, but what I think is interesting is kind of like seeing the evolution of these characters. And Andy from the Advance Wars and Advance Wars 2 is very, like... Um, uh, Ash from Pokemon, like a young boy, you know, who's like, mm-hmm. uh, um, just like has that like sense of like adventure and excitement. And then as the series goes on, it becomes more and more like realistic and like uh, Will from Days of Ruin, like is toting a gun and he's all brown and camo. You know what I mean? Like it, the the shift yeah. the the series begins to like shift in tone and tenor. And I wonder if like that ended up leading to the series demise a little bit where you're like, I don't really know where we go from here. So uh, are you familiar with the story of Advance Wars Days of Ruin? No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, So I I was reading up on it today. um, And okay, so the plot of Days of Ruin is considerably darker than, and I'm of course reading from Wikipedia here, uh, darker than and unrelated to the plots of previous games. Almost 90% of humanity has been killed off following (laughs) (laughs) devastating meteor strikes that have destroyed much of civilization and caused a massive dust cloud to blot out the sun, (laughs) preventing photosynthesis and thus preventing the growing of crops. Scattered survivors pick through the wreckage and remnants of several military superpowers as several um, military superpowers patrol the ravaged landscape, some factions protecting the innocent, while others prey upon them so this is basically advanced wars of the road Uh, like it is it is grim and so i think it is almost irresponsible for us to consider will the protagonist from advanced advanced wars days of ruin yeah i totally agree i mean you know maybe it is that like ash sort of aesthetic that um, i mentioned earlier but i'm all in on Andy like the picture that you grabbed Mm -hmm. for him he's like wearing some dorky red jumpsuit and he's got two big wrenches that he's holding over his head that it's like he can barely keep up yeah yeah like like he like he's a cartoon mechanic or something (laughs) which I guess he is (laughs) like just quite quite simply it's what he is Jake looks cool Jake is like um he reminds me of like in the rebel or resistance base in Star Wars there's those people standing at like the big glass map things and they have like little headsets in and they're always like wearing like uh vest jackets that have a lot of like pockets in them and that's a hundred percent who jake is he's like an extra in a star wars film which uh is hard to top but i mean andy's just iconic right yeah uh he's also like sort of the the go-to for like representing the series in like smash uh, as far as like a trophy is concerned um so yeah it's just kind of hard to argue with him one thing i will say in will's defense which again uh, it would be irresponsible for us to consider him. Um, is that he is wearing like a sort of like a flight jacket and a t-shirt, but a tie. He's wearing a tie over a t-shirt. Look, did Will do drama at my high school? Um, yeah, he did. And were we friends? Probably, probably. <laughs> But Andy is going to represent Advanced Wars. Um, also, you gotta love that synergy, Andy Advanced. Like that's all. Look, the the first three entries in the in the series were Famicom Wars, Game Boy Wars, and Super Famicom Wars. Um, this is when Nintendo was just like, I don't know, name it after the thing it's on. <laughs> I do like that it's like uh, like Famicom Wars, basically just like that. Wars is an entry in the franchises like golf or tennis. Wars. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are selecting Andy to uh, to represent Advance Wars. Uh, Mark, we are now moving on to Golden Sun. So this is really a franchise that I am only familiar with uh, by reputation and knowing and knowing people who have played at least one of these games. Um, yeah. 
Um, so Golden Sun does not have a lot of entries in the series, right? We've got the sort of like two series, the two, the two uh, first two entries, which both came out on Game Boy Advance, which were originally conceived as like a 3D RPG that would have been on the Nintendo 64, um, the two games sort of as one game. Um, and then uh, Golden Sun Dark Dawn for the DS, which is like a sequel to those two games. And so th- these games, if I'm not mistaken, are developed by Camelot, who is more correct. Who's like better known for a lot of like the entries in Mario Golf and Mario Tennis. Um, yeah. And then, so I don't, man, this is like a half memory. So I'm even like apologize bringing it up, but um, I my memory is that like the last game that was released kind of left a cliffhanger. Um, like it left stuff unresolved and literally unresolved because we've never had another entry in um, the Golden Sun series. And so it's like fans are still, I think, all, I think always hoping for like a new entry that would kind of like resolve the loose ends. I mean, Golden Sun is one of those like elusive uh, franchises. I actually a lot like um, Advance Wars where it's like, OK, great. Thank you for giving me another Paper Mario. When are we going to start visiting the series that haven't gotten love in a long time? Um, and I think a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of that uh, tracks back to the original Golden Sun. Um, the the second game in in the in the series, which again plays an awful lot like the first one, um, sort of takes the perspective of the villains from the original. Um, so like it, it's a little bit of like a yin and yang that you see. Uh, one half of the story, and then you get sort of the uh, you know a- antecedent phrase to that in Golden Sun: The Lost Age. Um, and I think like that's such a novel, like wonky idea, especially as like um, you know Pokemon is releasing like two different kind, two different flavors of the same game um, that are still basically the same game, just with like different specifics. And Golden Sun is like, no, like here's the same game, but totally like different story different scenario different characters um but the same you know built on the same bones so we have three i don't know i guess like uh i'm feeling a little goldilocks about this one so from the original golden sun you have isaac who is i think prototypical like jrpg hero um yeah, and really leaning into the sort of like medieval aesthetic of it. Like, if you were to tell me that that is a Dragon Quest character, just not drawn by Toriyama, um, yeah, Akira Toriyama, I would believe you. Yeah, and then the Felix from the Lost Age is like, um, I don't know. He feels kind of like the his aesthetic is a little bit like uh, Russell Crowe's Robin Hood um sure just like a little too grimdark for your liking yeah although and but and i do like that it, like the lower cuffs of his pants um i think they're supposed to be like pockets or you know like zippers um but to me they kind of look like on like uh nikes or whatever when in the heel they have like that bit of plastic in it that um, yes that's <laughs> essentially it looks like his it looks like his um pants should light up when he walks basically Sure, like like he's wearing the uh, what are they called? Uh, were were they L.A. lights? Were those uh, oh, shoes yeah, that yeah, had yeah, lights yeah. in them? <laughs> uh, man, crazy things that we wanted our parents to buy us <laughs> when we were young, but they would not. They refused. And um, so and so that's like a little mm-hmm. bit too much for me. But then like uh, Matthew from Dark Dawn, like clearly, especially the hair is right. Like it is Isaac from the original game. Um, it's just yeah. a, like, he's just like, you know, like glowed up a little bit. So Matthew is in fact, Isaac's son. Um, so that is, you know, to, to give a little context, this is sort of, uh, Matthew is a, uh, like literal continuation of Isaac's, uh, storyline. Um, he's got the hair for sure. And he's even got a little bit of like, uh, his father's like yellow cape, but it's now kind of more like a sash that hangs off his belt. I gotta say, I love his like stylish jacket and like his pants seem to fit better. <laughs> uh, I, it may be a controversial pick because Isaac is uh, like 
Isaac is the obvious one, right? Right. Isaac is the trophy representation in um, Smash Brothers, but Matthew. I, I didn't even play this game, and I like Matthew more than I like Isaac. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm down with it. I'm I'm all in on Matthew. Okay, Matthew will be representing Golden Sun. Mark, we now move into probably the most complicated one to navigate here: Fire Emblem. There are so many potential options. There are so many potential options. And uh, a lot of them were not released in North America. Um, so I think that means that we have to sort of rule out some of the most obvious like candidates here. For example, Marth. Um, Marth is the first Fire Emblem character that many of us ever saw um, in Smash Brothers Melee. Um, and, uh, you know, he originates from the original Fire Emblem game that came out in Japan, uh, and then also the Mystery Emblem, um, also out in Japan. But we didn't get him here until the DS, the DS remake of the original Fire Emblem, which is called Shadow Dragon. Um, and Marth almost feels a little too, like, well, being a mythological hero in the franchise forever feels a little too vanilla to me. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I agree with you. I do think that you know, potent. You could argue we're giving him short shrift just because he is iconic. Um, same way, like, uh, you know, Isaac. We're just like, yeah, like it's a little too basic. Um, but yeah. you know, we have Shulk in there, so you know, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel like we're going too crazy. And for me personally, um. Like, yeah, Marth was for sure my introduction to uh, Fire Emblem in general. But, like, it's not the character that I have much of a connection to emotionally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I think that is partially because of his iconic status, right? Like, that he's almost too big to be a character. He is more like a figure in, in Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Which then, Mark, where do we even go from here? Well, here are the games that we just kind of have like um, up for consideration, and they're the heroes that we're choosing to kind of represent those games. So um, for Fire Emblem Blazing Blade, you get Hector, Elwood, and Lynn. Um, the Sacred Stones brought us uh, a. Re- How would you say this, Erica? Erica. I'd okay, say yeah. Erica. That 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 extra eye is in there just to mess you up. <laughs> Erica and Ephraim. Uh, Path of Radiance brought us Ike and Radiant Dawn also stars Ike, which, uh, you know, like another, at this point, iconic um, Fire Emblem mm-hmm. character. Awakening, and here's where I'm like, um, a character that I know mostly from Smash, but that I do like quite a lot is Robin. Um, yep. And then also Krom and Lucia. Lucinda are from Awakening. Um, Fates has Corin. Uh, Echoes, Shadows of Valencia have Alm and uh, Celica. And then Three Houses, of course, has Byleth. But then potentially you could talk about Edelgard, Dimitri, and Claude. Um, a lot of heavy hitters in Three Houses, purely by the momentum that that gate- game had by being on Switch. Yeah, well, and it's it, it is interesting. Like in every other uh, Fire Emblem game, you know they they sort of uh, like, and we've sort of done this too. Is that we draw the line at um, uh, protagonists are basically characters that the game won't let you progress if if they're killed, right? Like uh, if you lose any other units in any of these games, um, you're fine. You can continue on to the next one, um, and that character's just gone forever. But like, if you're playing Radiant Dawn and Ike dies, like you're done. <laughs> um, and uh, three houses, uh, you know, obviously saves Byleth uh, for no matter how you're playing the game. But Bo- uh, Edelgard, Dimitri, and Claude all sort of uh, inhabit that same role of like your second in command, depending on which path you're playing. Um, and I think all three of those characters i don't i don't think byleth should be it like i i'd, I'd like to rule out byleth um but i think edelgard dimitri and claude are all great fire emblem characters um and maybe any of the three of them could be in the running for this yeah i totally agree and i also agree with you 
that um about disqualifying Byleth. Like obviously I had so much fun playing Three Houses, but I I think actually one thing that's awesome about Three Houses but works to disqualify Byleth is because Byleth is like purposefully a very blank slate and you're really able yeah. to project yourself onto like it's basically like you interacting with the characters and Byleth doesn't get in the way because they're so like inoffensive um yeah. and almost like non-existent and so while it's a virtue in the game i think it does disqualify them from being like who we would want representing yeah i i, I agree with that 100 and i feel like a lot of this the that same quality is present in corin in um fire emblem fates as well um uh fates is another one that gives the player a lot of agency to choose like you know which which of the two warring factions like you're going to or which of the two like warring families um you're going to choose to be loyal to you know based on what version of the game you buy um and you know well Corin is like a dragon and has like a lot of like interesting stuff going on um around them that way uh it it, it it's it's another cipher just like uh just like Byleth so I I think Byleth and Corin should both be uh not in consideration here but I feel like Robin may be maybe the one that that pulls ahead for me so this is the protagonist from Fire Emblem Awakening um and it's another one where like you get to choose gender and um like you're doing a little bit of role playing but there's so much um like going on around uh that character that like you get to really experience what they're about in a way that's not just like you making decisions. And so how do Crom and Lucina fall in that? Are they kind of like the Edelgard, Dimitri, Claude of Awakening? Yeah, a little bit. So, you know, the, the big uh, like conceit of Awakening is that there are characters who are uh, the children of your playable characters who come back in time from the future, from like a ruined future. Um, and so Lucina is the daughter of Krom, basically. Gotcha. Um, and so uh, both Krom being like your second in or you're sort of his second in command. He's the, he's the king. Um, and Lucina being uh, his daughter from the future um, that, that's that's sort of how that uh that kind of triforce of power works so i totally am biased being that you know the only game of this series that i've really played and like that i really loved was three houses um and so my pick would be from one of the three houses like ha uh house heads of house whatever <laughs> <laughs> say house a couple more times yeah, from that from that game um but i'm like totally willing to hear out if uh you feel strongly about one of the others so uh and then you know we're, we're not discussing just to uh you know ma make sure that we we bring it all up the the characters from uh fire emblem uh blazing blade which was just released here as as fire emblem on the game boy advance um hector and ella wood who are roy's parents um and lynn who i don't know at all um, uh, Fire Emblem and Sacred Stones, uh, Erica and Ephraim, and then Ike from the uh, Radiance games um, are all sort of where we don't know them really well enough. And um, like maybe maybe Ike is interesting just by virtue of his um, Smash presence. Um, but let's stay in the realm of games that we've played and are actually passionate about. Um, if you had to choose one of the three house leaders, who do you think? you would choose well i mean it's hard because like i i the only one that i've played all the way through is uh the blue lions and so dimitri's my boy right uh and i obviously played uh the golden deer so claude is my boy but i think my suggestion here is edelgard because whether she is your hero whether she's the protagonist or the antagonist, she has a huge role in the game, right? Like, Dimitri is present in, in uh, the Golden Deer path, but not like a huge, you know, he doesn't play a huge part in it. Just like Claude is present in the uh, Blue Lions path, but he's less sort of like influential there. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to argue against that reasoning. I'm totally into it. Okay, so this is probably our first controversial pick 
Edelgard from Fire Emblem Three Houses is going to represent um, Fire Emblem as 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 the hero. Next, Mark. We are we're, moving on. Mm. Oh, I was just gonna say we're talking about Earthbound or the Mother series, yeah. however we want to frame this. Yes. Um, another one that is possibly tough for us to discuss, um, because the only one that came around, uh, in like a timely fashion is of course Mother Two slash Earthbound, um, and that came out on the Super NES like twenty million years ago. <laughs> um, so the other games in consideration here are uh, the original Mother, which came to the Wii U, I believe. I think it was um, the Wii Earthbound. eShop. Was it the Wii? I think so. Yeah, it was one of those eShops for sure. Um, as Earthbound Beginnings um, and uh, Mother 3, which we've never seen, um, which was on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, so the characters from these games, from the original Mother slash Earthbound Beginnings, is a character called Ninten. Which fine, I'm rolling my eyes. Um, from Mother Two or Earthbound is Ness, which I suppose I should also roll my eyes again. Uh, and from Mother Three, Lucas. Do you know what's I really... won't roll my eyes? Yet. Yeah. Do you know what's really funny is that I have never, I never made the Ness connection. I've lived my entire life blissfully unaware. <laughs> I feel like that's that that's easy to do until you see that the first character was named Ninten. <laughs> uh, to God, me, this brutal. one's not really a contest. Um, I think it's got to be Ness. I will agree with that one hundred percent. Ness is also like carved out an identity for himself in the Smash Brothers games um, since the original, uh, and you know, like Lucas is uh, like interesting. I like his design, but he feels derivative of Ness. Um, and I'm sure Ness would probably feel derivative of Nintendo if I had any uh, association with them there, but I don't. So uh, I think Ness is going to be the easy winner here. All right. So next up, we're talking about Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Mark, I don't. Th okay. This is almost impossible because you are playing as yourself in the body <laughs> of a Pokemon. <laughs> I know, like, I don't, um, I mean, here's what I, what we cannot do, is we cannot put ourselves on, um, up for contention for best. I think we have to. <laughs> I think we have to. I think Pokemon Mystery Dungeon makes it explicit that you, Mark Mitchell, have become a Pokemon. So, like, if it's, if we're going to do this, it's going to be, like, Mark as a Slowpoke or something. <laughs> Okay, well, we would yeah. have to we would have to bend the rules a little bit because we either have to mm. do you and I as a collective entity, or we have to say sure. each one of us individually. Um, and I hate, I hate. I know we brought it up earlier that we're veering into time person of the year being you. Um, you know, with like a little false foil mirror on the front of the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, territory here which doesn't work it doesn't work all it does is reflect light so you look <laughs> at it and you're like oh i can't see the cover exactly it's like in video in like older video games when you know you'd be in a bathroom and the mirror wouldn't actually reflect anything because it'd be like smudged like you're in silent hill all the time or something yeah 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 <laughs> um <laughs> Just reflecting on how worked up I am about the time person of the year, uh, I I just don't I just don't know what to do here because like the what we are saying is that potentially anyone who's ever played Pokemon Mystery yes. Dungeon could be on this list. Yeah, basically. Here are the games that are in contention here. Uh, uh, so Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Red. Or Pokemon Mystery, or Red Team, or Blue Team, or of course the re-release uh, Rescue Team DX, uh, Explorers of Time, Explorers of Time. Or, sorry, I said that twice. Explorers of Darkness, Explorers of Sky, um, Fire Adventure Team, Storm Adventure Team, Light Adventure Team, Gates of Infinity, and Super Mystery Dungeon. Um, that was just word salad there, and I apologize for it. But those are the names of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games. 
what do you think here, Mark? What, what do we do? <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I don't want to, but I think that we have logic our way into a terrible, terrible corner from which we cannot escape. I think we have to put ourselves on this list. Yeah. Okay, great. So we're doing a little self-insert here. Um, so is it you and you or I or you and I collectively? I think it's you and I collectively. Okay. So it's 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 the it's the Patrick Mark. Um uh and what Pokemon are we? <laughs> um Man, it would be good if we could just do one of those uh like personality quizzes right now. <laughs> <laughs> or even like the beginning of uh Rescue Team DX, right? You have to Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, how ab- I I feel like it is true in life that you are often what you most fear, in which case we are Sobble. Well, but Sobble I don't think has ever been featured in one of these. <laughs> well, darn it, Patrick. New. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. I did I did I didn't mean to throw throw a wrench in, in, in your works there. Well, no, no, uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It'll, um, uh, which Pokemon embodies the two of us? So let, can I read down the list of starters for, um, Mystery Dungeon DX on, on the Switch? Yes. And, and we, we can maybe pick, pick from there. So the choices here are Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, so duh, um, oops. That one is making noise. Um, Pikachu, Meowth, Psyduck, Machop, Cubone, Eevee, Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Totodile, Trico, Torchic, Mudkip, and Skitty. So it's a lot of starters there. Yeah, when I I think when I did my uh, when I played the demo that I ended up being Mudkip. I think that's right. I think I was a mudkip as well. Shoot. Does that mean we have to just be a mudkip? Yeah, I think so. I it just feels right. Um all right. So uh the hero representing Pokemon Mystery Dungeon is going to be Patrick and Mark as a mudkip. <laughs> what a nightmare. Godspeed, little mudkip. <laughs> uh next up, of course, Pokemon. We got to figure out who the Pokemon hero that represents, that best represents Pokemon. Uh, and we are pulling from all of the games here. Uh, red, blue, yellow, silver, gold, crystal, ruby, sapphire, diamond, or sorry, ruby, sapphire, emerald, diamond, pearl, platinum, black and white, black and white to X and Y, sun and moon, ultra sun, ultra moon, sword, and shield, and whatever remakes uh, and sequels I left out of that list. Um, Mark, how, how do you like to go here? Do you think like Ash is the obvious answer here or like Red, the protagonist from one, or do we want to pick a Pokemon? Yeah, it's interesting because like, um, yeah, Ash is, I feel like the most iconic, but also not from one of the games, right? Like Ash is just an invention of the... Uh, anime series because red and blue don't don't really have a protagonist like any of the games don't they don't really have like true protagonists it is once again basically you in a avatar right so i think we should probably go with a a a starter from one of these um and now just to uh remind everyone we have done an episode where we picked the best pokemon starter this was before um sword and shield came out but i believe in the end we can't wh- where what did we decide there was the froki yeah yes that's right i think yeah. it was froki um okay so do we first of all i think that ruling is still good i think froki is still an exceptional starter um, but is there a different one that we would want to represent Pokemon? I don't think so. I think we've just got to go with, got to go with the best, right? That's what we well, want okay. is the best from each one. Yeah. Well, so at the time, I think we sort of disqualified Pikachu because he's not like a true starter, just like the Eevee isn't a, a true starter. Um, but 
does Pikachu like let's put them up against each other and decide who makes more sense to represent Pokemon here, Froakie or Pikachu? I I get your I totally understand your point where it's like yeah Pikachu is hands down the mascot of Pokemon. Okay, so is that saying that Pikachu wins or? Oh yeah, sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have anything like. Look, I love you know like Froakie, I love Greninja, I love this big dumb uh, tongue scarf. But yeah, when you're going, when you're saying like who's the best like representative representative of Pokemon, I I don't think it's really any contest. Okay, so that's that. I I I agree with you there, Mark. I don't know how I could really argue against it. It's got to be the Pikachu. Now we are moving on to Super Mario R. PG. Only one game in this franchise, arguably not a franchise. Uh, a Super Nintendo game developed by Square, Square Soft at the time, um, and uh, you know, sort of co-developed by Nintendo or overseen by Nintendo or, or something. Um, I mean, the protagonist in this game is Mario. Um, but boy does a boy does that feel boring, and b I feel like we're gonna say Mario again uh, before the episode is over. So uh, I feel like it comes down to Gino or Mallow. Like, I, I feel like those are probably the two best to mm-hmm. represent this particular game slash franchise. Yeah. So the, the other playable characters in the game besides Mario are Peach, Bowser, Geno, and Mallow. Um, so uh, Gino, Geno, whatever. I uh, uh, apologize. I old habits die hard. I'm gonna keep calling him Geno. Uh, I have but I, I, I have no idea which one it's really supposed to be. Gino, Gino, <laughs> Geno. Uh, anyway, um, I feel like it's got to be uh, Gino, um, because he is. Look, he has a a cool form in the game, right? He's this little like, uh, almost looks like a blue link, right? Um, but is like a an, an animated doll. Um, that is like the spirit of the stars who like joins your party to fight the big bad of the game. Like he's basically on his own mission to fight the evil that Mario just sort of like incidentally seems to be battling. Like Mario just wants the uh, Mushroom Kingdom to be okay, but Gino has been chasing this thing throughout the cosmos. I feel like he is the true protagonist of Super Mario RPG, even though you don't meet him until you've been playing the game for 12 hours. <laughs> so I concede every point you just had. Um, but here's the thing about Geno slash Gino is I just don't like his whole Pinocchio thing that's going on. Um, mm. And is this because I've just like never really liked the Pinocchio story and don't like sitting through the Disney movie? Yeah, kind of, but it really like wow <laughs> makes it hard for me to enjoy this character. Um, Mallow's just so chill, and like you're just like finding it's a voyage of discovery with Mallow. Okay, uh, voyage of discovery. I'll sort of give you. He thinks he's a frog. <laughs> Look at him. He's he a tiny he's a little cloud wearing pants. He thinks he's a tadpole. He, yeah, <laughs> which is more ridiculous somehow. <laughs> Look, I it's difficult for me again with just yeah, like Pikachu. It's 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 um tough for me to argue against Gino or Geno. Um the unfortunate thing about picking them is we will have to can you know like qualify his name every time we do, but uh I think you're probably No, right. but honestly, honestly that may be a compelling enough point. <laughs> I say we make Mallow our champion. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. All right, Mallow is our champion representing Super Mario RPG. Um, now we are on to the Mario and Luigi series, uh, encompassing the following games Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, Mario and Luigi Partners in, Cr- in Time, Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, Mario and Luigi Bow- er, Dream Team, and Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. So all of these games star Mario and Luigi. And I think that we have set a precedent by allowing you and I as a collective to represent a series. Um, so to me, I think this is like the, like, yeah, Mario and Luigi team up. Like, I think them as an entity together is what is, yeah. what, what makes sense to advance from this series. Yeah, one, it's also kind of like, what else would you pick, right? right. Um, like, Bowser is... Uh, 
you know, intermittently a playable character in Bowser's Inside Story. Um, Partners in Time finds them teaming up with the baby versions of themselves. Paper Jam, they team up with Paper Mario. Um, But all of those are like clearly uh, co-starring roles at best. Um, It's got to just be Mario and Luigi as a unit representing the series. I think so. Which brings us to the grand finale. Paper Mario. Games from the series that we will be considering include Paper Mario, Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, Super Paper Mario, Paper Mario Sticker Star, Paper Mario Color Splash, and I wrote on here Paper Mario and the Origami King, And but we can only assume that that game is about Mario. <laughs> <laughs> so for this one, you know, we've, um, one of the things that makes the first two games in the series really memorable is like the party members and like the companions you get in the game and they yeah. stopped doing this really with um super paper mario on the wii and it hasn't come back people are fingers crossed hoping that it it is for the origami king but um and there are really memorable fun companions in the first game and especially the second game that um you know, like the first game has Goombarino, uh, Co- Cooper, Bomette, Paracary, Lady, like Bo, Watt, Sushi, uh, Locka Lester. And, you know, they're like, they're um, Goombas and Koopa Troopas and, um, yeah. you know, like Boos that have like a lot of they're, personality. They're classic, yeah, classic Mario enemies, but with just like one tiny little twist that gives them uh, like a personality. Uh, Bombette, for example, I with the ettee i i want to pronounce that second b so bad bombet <laughs> bombet um uh you know is pink and explodes and has a little bow in her not hair because she's a bomb bomb she doesn't have hair and i, um, I and it's, yeah i love the ones from thousand year door like uh goombella is uh like a goomba who she wants is like an archaeologist. She's like a student, like, and so she wears like the little like uh, headlamp and everything. Um, mm-hmm. You have Coops, you have Madame Flurry, you have Mini Yoshi, who's like a ba- a punk baby Yoshi that you like meet outside of a club with a ton of attitude. Um, Vivian, Admiral, like Bobbery, uh, Ms. Mouse, who's the optional party member. Um, so there's a lot of great party members here. But I am kind of like, I think it's just got to be Paper Mario. I, I mean, I, I feel it that way, too. I feel like there's really no way it can't be anyone besides just the Paper Mario. And, you know, look, do we already have Mario on this list? Technically, yes. It's part of Mario and Luigi. But Paper Mario feels like a different character to me. Right. It feels a little more like open and playful and silly um, without sort of the uh, like kinetic running around like a Paper Mario is a more thoughtful Mario, um, but a no less silly Mario, if that makes sense. No, I can I completely agree. And I also think that for whatever reason, in my mind, like considering Mario and Luigi as a as a collective is like a single entity. um, Mm -hmm. Like, I don't I don't know if in the end that's actually going to be to their benefit when we start comparing these people. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, that, okay. That, that's great. Uh, so I think we are going to be choosing here, uh, paper Mario Mark, let us review the list. Um, and I believe we'll have to save ranking for another day. Okay. Um, so representing the paper Mario franchise is of course, paper Mario himself representing the Mario and Luigi franchise is Mario and Luigi. These won't all be super obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Representing Super Mario RPG is Mallow. Representing Pokemon is Pikachu. Representing Pokemon Mystery Dungeon is uh, Patrick and Mark as a Mudkip. Uh, Representing Earthbound is Ness. Representing Fire Emblem is Edelgard from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Representing Golden Sun is Matthew from Golden Sun Dark Dawn. Representing Advance Wars is Andy. Representing Xenoblade is Shulk. All right, Mark, let's close this out.
That's what we picked. We picked those characters. And uh, next week, we are going to rank them. But hey, we might need your help in this. So if you would like to weigh in and tell us which of these characters uh, is best or is it worst or is better than at least someone else, you should write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Or tweet at us at Nincart Society and let us know. Also, if we totally blew it when we got something way wrong, let us know those same channels. And we will uh, talk about it next week and maybe fold it in. I don't know. We'll see. Also, did we leave out a Nintendo RPG series? Uh, I don't think we did. Mark, do you think we did? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I live in fear that we did. Uh, well, we'll never know because any of those emails sent to us, I won't read. Um, <laughs> but... But uh, it would be fun for y'all to get involved um, and tell us how you feel about the characters we just laid out. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to close out the show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. Um, on Twitter, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nin Card Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ava Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apabetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Hey, it's Mia. Hey, it's Allie. And we host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, P.S. I Love Rom-Com. Each week, we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet-cutes, and of course, that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boombox. Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. Yes, I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Campfire. <laughs>